RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Democracy Action is a not-for-profit incorporated society. They're working to champion the fundamental importance of democracy and equality of citizenship for all New Zealanders. And we have reached out to them here at RCR um, because they have comprehensive information on a website for ratepayers on the current Auckland Council public consultation on introducing Maori seats. And um, Lee Short from Democracy Action is here with us at RCR to explain more. Lee, welcome to the radio station. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Paul, for the opportunity. Okay, let's uh, have a bit of history first. So there's already Maori representation into the council. How does that work at the moment? Well, the uh, Auckland city was set up under special legislation, quite unique to other councils. Uh, It was set up... um, uh, with an independent Maori statutory board rather than Maori ward seats. And the independent Maori statutory board uh, is something which is not replicated elsewhere. And it's been in force for uh, 13-odd years. And they have um, gone on to most of the Auckland Council committees. And these committees... Uh, look at all sorts of legislation and budgets and that sort of thing. They vote on that those committees, and then the decision of that committee goes through to the governing body for ratification and voting by the councillors, the elected councillors. So they already have quite a significant input into what's going on in Auckland City already. So really they are um, uh, on the on the council um, making helping make decisions. The consultation document uh, doesn't give much of an inkling of what's going on there. They uh, sort of move away from that. In fact, the Independent Narrow Statutory Board did not want them uh, mentioned in the consultation documents at all. However, some councillors uh, forced that to come on. Well, why would that be, do you think? Is there any well, reason? They, well, they want, they want both. They want the Maori ward seats and they want to stay as well. Uh, so they uh, the, and the council officers are being less than transparent about this because there is quite a good on our website. You'll find it uh, a governing body committee structure and it shows all of the different committees they're on and how much voting power they have. And the other thing about the independent marriage statutory board is they're answerable to no one. They were set up under special legislation and uh, they are selected. They're not elected. And they answer to nobody, but they are. Who, making, who selects them, Lee? Uh, well, that's an interesting one as well. It's not the Maori population of Auckland; it's uh, the tribes. Uh, obviously, have uh, input into that. And um, a few years ago, they had a big scrap about who was going to be on there, and uh, asked the council to pay the legal fees for the uh, court case that was going on. And then, when the council said they wouldn't do it, said they'd sue the council for not uh, doing it. So they, they're answerable uh, to no one, and it's just uh, not acceptable. Sounds like there's a bit of a sense of entitlement sort of coming through there. And if they're well, not they, representing your average sort of Maori um, citizen in Auckland. No, not at all. Uh, and they're funded by the council for $3 million a year. They've got their own building downtown separate to the council, and they just do their own thing. And as I say, uh, unaccountable and um, to anybody. And the reason for the them being... Sorry, say again? Including the ombudsman, because uh, 
Judith Collins wanted information out of them and they refused to give it. And she wrote to the ombudsman and they uh, passed a resolution at their meeting to say they weren't going to provide any information. How do you get to a range of setup like that then? Well, um, I'd have to say that was bought in um, in 2000, uh, when was it, 2015? Um with the new legislation, it was a instead of Maori ward seats, this uh, this body was set up, which was uh, they should go. They should have not should not be there making decisions with public money. They sound like they've become entrenched, and you can kind of see why you would they would want to to remain entrenched. I, I, I could be missing something, but that's the feeling. I'm, I'm no, getting. no, that that is absolutely correct. Peter Sharples was the uh, person who. Uh, amongst others who constructed this uh, independent marriage statutory board. So, and the council officers are basically saying, let's leave the independent marriage statutory board to one side. Let's talk about Maori ward seats, which the government, this government, which is um, very divisive, of course, as um, wanting to create two classes of citizenship, now want Maori ward seats and as well as the independent marriage statutory board. So, so that's a real pile on of power then, isn't it? Well, it gets rid of the proportionality in Auckland Council, and uh, already um, there are there are plenty of Maori voices on the council, and there's lots of other uh, Maori um, committees and groupings within council. I mean, they've got um, they've got a Maori Outcomes Directorate, they've got the Tamaki Makarau Mana Whenua Forum, they've got co-governance arrangements, they have relationship arrangements between the Hapu and the Auckland Council. They're involved in resource consents, uh, which go on in council. So they already have a, a large participation in council matters and in the citizens' lives. The council officers, um, so whose side are they on, do you think? Well, I think they're following an ideology which the citizens don't like in terms of uh, promoting the Maori ward seats. That's what, what's opinion. in it for them, though, to promote it? Do you think? Well, I don't know. Uh, they they just following an ideology. I mean, it's it's amazing to me that um, we're having discussions like this because there's 78 councils in New Zealand. There's 128 councillors who uh, identify as Maori. There are seven mayors who are Maori. There are seven deputy mayors, and on two of the councils, the mayor and the deputy mayor are Maori. So. There's no impediment for Maori to be elected into office, and if you have the argument used right for sort of affirmative action representation, let's call it that. And if you have a look at uh, Parliament, I mean, there's 29 of the members of Parliament who identify as Maori. So, uh, and you know, you've got leaders, deputy leaders, and all sorts. So, there's no impediment for Maori to be elected to council or to Parliament or to any uh, positions. Unless you want to share the governmental role, unless you want shared sort of top table power. Well, yes, and the Independent Marriage Statutory Board, uh, they passed a resolution just recently that they want 50-50 governorship of uh, Auckland Council. So, um, and the How other can thing- that make any sense on the numbers, on it not representing the individuals but a tribe? So the interests of... I mean, who runs the tribe? It's it's a limited number of people, right? Correct. And there are many Maori in Auckland who don't belong to a tribe or belong to a tribe that doesn't reside in Auckland. So, yeah. So, so on the principle of proportionality, one person, one vote, 
uh, fair representation, it kind of doesn't stack up, really, does it? No, it doesn't. And also the councillors who are currently on the council uh, have no mandate to make this decision. And they they That's didn't important. go to the electorate and say, hey, uh, vote for me and I'm going to do this. They, they're now faced with a decision going forward. And what should really happen, as has happened in the past, there should be at the next council election, the public of New Zealand, or in this case Auckland, should be asked, do you want Maori ward seats? And previous to that, of course, uh, the people of New Zealand have said, no, we don't like race-based seats. Uh, but the government's legislated against that in 2001. Uh, uh, when was it? 2000. Or they legislated against it to stop people having these um, uh, Maori ward seat elections because so many of the people of New Zealand said no. Uh, but, you know, they've uh, they've legislated to get rid of that opportunity for people to say no. Is that ideology again? Rearing of course, it, it, is. Head? Of course yeah. it is. Yes. Because yeah. it's a no-brainer to, you know, fair's fair. It's common sense to put that in front of people. Why are councillors so willing to dispense? Well, I think I know the answer. It's ideology again. But, I mean, are they all like that? Well, no, they're not. But, um, unfortunately, the councillors are caught because they're caught by government legislation. which but says they, could, the... they could say no. They could collectively say, no, we're not going to do this and have some backbone. Yes, and then government's yes, got a scrap on their hands. They'll probably fold. Yes, they can, because under the legislation for Auckland, um, they uh, have to make a change to get Maori ward seats put in place. And they have a review every six years, and this is one of those reviews, and it's come up, and now they're putting the question. But they could all, they could vote as a body to say no to Maori ward seats, but um, there's all sorts of different people with different ideologies on council. Well, what's the downside of saying no for a councillor if this is what people want? I don't know. I know. I, mean, I just think we've got to ask these questions because people do things for reasons. They don't just do it for, you know, random reasons. There must be some incentive or perception that there's an advantage or an upside to going that way. Well, as far as I'm concerned, councillors are there to represent the people, the voters. Exactly. So what they should do is get up on their little soapbox and uh, at the next election say, I'm voting for Maori Ward seats, vote for me. And uh, someone else gets up on their soapbox and says, I'm not voting for Maori Ward seats, vote for me, and let's see who wins. And Unless we'll... they know it's not a winner. Well, history would tell you, and uh, because they legislated against having binding referenda against councils yeah. that uh, they wouldn't they wouldn't get through. Okay, on the website on the democracyaction.org.nz slash Aucklanders Views uh, website or that page of the website, what sort of information are you putting out and and, and how could people navigate through that? Just well, it's quite a simple um, let us know. decision, really, because uh, if you have a look on the Have Your Say Auckland website, Have Your Say on Maori Ward Seats, you're faced with two questions. Do you think council should introduce Maori ward seats for the 225 local elections? You either support, do not support, other or don't know. So we're advocating people to say do not support. And um, then they go on to say if they decide to have Maori ward seats, which one would you prefer? Well, we're saying that we don't want them. Um, so that's 
my message to citizens of Auckland, if you don't want Maori ward seats, simply say, do not support. Uh, and I'm not sure where that will end up. Um, I mean, it's a consultation document. It's not a numbers document where, you know, there's so many said yes, so many said no. Uh, it'll still go to the governing body for decision. Yeah, consultation, the word consultation means all sorts of things these days, it seems. It yes. can be genuine consultation or it can be something called consultation. So we can say we provided a consultation opportunity, but really it was just a, a box ticking exercise. And there are sort of variations in between. So what do you think? This Is this a, a genuine search or, or uh, uh, reaching out for consultation? Or is this just another box checking exercise? So you say we did that. But, um, you know, we, we we stay the course. Because they haven't been completely transparent about the existing arrangements on council with the Independent Maori Statutory Board and the power vested in those uh, people, uh, I don't think that they have given Aucklanders the right information to make decisions on Maori ward seats because some councillors would say to you they already have a lot of influence on council because they've been on committees with them. So it's not as if we're starting from zero here and introducing uh, Maori uh, ward seats. We already have a significant amount of decision-making going on in council by Maori, uh, and therefore there is no need for the Maori ward seat. What would the combination, let's say, um, the current arrangement stayed in place, you add the Maori ward seats, which I think is three seats, Possibly be, three seats, yeah. yeah. They, have to make, they have to make a legislation change to, for that to happen. Right. Okay. Well, that uh, may or may not be uh, easily won, considering the, the governmental arrangements that we might have after October. Who knows? But they all seem to kind of be on the same page. Uh, have we heard of any political parties? Can you tell us that have, have any policy positions on this that give well, you New any Zealand sort of... First, New Zealand First certainly um, uh, on record is saying they'd get rid of Maori ward seats, and I'm pretty sure ACT Party would as well. Uh, national, I don't know, because they were they were introduced under National, so yeah. um, uh, and I'm sure the Labour Party would support them, and also Maori, the Maori Party would support them as well. Greens would support it as well. So... I'm just hoping that uh, come October 14, there will be a change of government and there will be a change of um, direction in terms of race-based seats in, in local government. So if you ended up with the Independent Maori Statutory Board and the seats, where would that leave? Thanks. Well, then you have... Um, on committees uh, of uh, the council, sometimes there's only five or six people on the committee and um, then you and the decisions are made there and, and heavily influenced by the independent marriage statutory board members. And then it goes to council where you've got um, elected uh, Maori ward councillors. So it just uh, alters proportionality uh, in terms of um, the influence on decision making on council. Well, everything would have to sit well with the tribe. Is that what I'm? Is that how it would be? Or is it more distributed than that? I don't know. The Independent Marriage Statute Board is a mystery into itself because uh, uh, how you get onto it and... Uh, and who it, it answers to, right? It doesn't answer to anybody. It doesn't answer to the Maori people of Auckland. 
No, but it answers to it answers to someone. Who? Well, I, I don't know, I, but it must do. I mean, it can't just d- dissipate into nothing. That, it can. It, 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 do you it, think? It clearly says that in the legislation. So there's no tribal sort of elite that is is behind it or um, a sort of yay or naying things? This is what the legislation says, and this is Clause 82. The board is a corporate separate from the Auckland Council, the board's members, and the selection body and the mana whenua groups represented on the section body. The board is independent of the Auckland Council, the mana whenua groups represented on the selection body, the board is not required to accept direction from any person. When members of the board are acting as members of the board, they must act in the interest of the, achieving the board's purpose and must not act in any other interest. Yeah, so what's the board's purpose? Who comes up, who who who, who designs or, or originates the purpose? It's been established to assist the Auckland Council to make decisions, performs functions and exercises power by promoting cultural, economic, environmental and social issues of significance for mana whenua groups and Matawaka Māori of Tamaki Makara, that is um, Māori who did not uh, associate with a tribe, ensuring the council acts in accordance with the statute provisions referring to the Treaty of Waitangi. Well, it sounds like it sort of comes out of thin air. Well, it's uh, it's, it's nowhere in the Western world uh, are people... Uh, in charge of making decisions on public money who are unaccountable to no one. There must be something back of it somewhere. Well, I would say that uh, this legislation was put in place because someone thought they needed the Maori Party to govern when they didn't, and uh, it was being forced through. You, yeah. If you asked Rodney about it, uh, and the interview uh, with Rodney had uh, with uh, one of your members on the panel there, um, and he went through the genesis of this, how it all started. Yeah, quite revealing. Very, very interesting. I really encourage the uh, listening public of RCR to go and have a look at Rodney Hyde's uh, inter- interview about it. It's there in the replays. I'll do that. Thanks yes. for the heads up. Mm. Um, okay. All right. So they're consulting at the moment. Is there a, a time limit or, or a... yes, twenty? I think it runs to the twenty fourth of September. Yeah. So that's not very far away, is it? No, no. Twenty, I think twenty-one August to twenty-four September was the time. Yeah. So um, we've been encouraging people to have a look at our website. Uh, we've put some information up there about our view on this um, Murray Ward seat, and to make their own decisions on it. Um, I think uh, what we're trying to do there is let people know that there is other things going on in council which uh, like the Independent Marriage Statue Board, their role there and the influence they have there and for them to make up their own mind on whether they want Maori Ward seats for Auckland or not. Can you identify any, I don't know, council policies or council approaches or, or anything like that that have obviously been influenced by by this this board? Is there anything obvious? No, not that I, I know of, but I know decisions are made at, at council committees. I mean... There are lots and lots of meetings going on in the council. Um, trying to keep track of all those meetings would be very difficult, but I'm sure some of the councillors would uh, let you know uh, yeah. decisions which have been made and those committees which um, uh, have been influenced heavily influenced by Independent Marriage Statutory Board. Yep. I just go back to the point again that there is no impediment for Māori to be elected to councils. Yeah. 
I mean, we've moved on. I mean, we, we are a, a, a nation of all sorts of um, ethnicities and um, backgrounds, and we all arrive by boat at some time. And I think it's we've just gone past this business of having race-based seats. So there's no need for them. The uh, Maori are very um, capable in their own right to to run their own lives. Well, it's and, almost an insult, actually. Well, I, I think it is as well. But why but, are, okay, Pākehā politicians on board with this? You said ideology, but th- there must be, okay, there's the feel-good factor. What do you get for doing this? When you're obviously completely reinventing the whole meaning of what we would say is democracy, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I just think I just think that they are besotted with some sort of um, uh, view that they must apologise forever about what happened a hundred years ago. Plus, do we I need mean, people like that leading us? I'm sure there are. No, no, and but do we need that? Is that good for a nation to have apologists and no, hand ringers no. and? No, it isn't. And a lot of people have arrived in this nation who uh, have got onto these councils who who haven't been in New Zealand for for a long time at all and don't have a lot of history of it. And I just, I, I think their views um, don't represent uh, the normal public of New Zealand. As I say, the best thing to do with this is to have it completely transparent. People yep. should be asked who they want to govern them and... Um, that's what democracy is about. And if you haven't got a good argument why you should be governing people, well, you won't get elected. But if you've got a good argument, you will. Well, that's that's what you'd normally expect anyway. Yeah, and that's, that's as I say, that's shown in the amount of uh, Maori, and who's counting anyway, but um, the 128-odd Maori who are on um, councils throughout New Zealand as it is, and seven mayors and seven deputy mayors. So... And you have a look at the makeup of um, people on councils in New Zealand. There's all sorts of ethnicities on council. And of that's course. great. That's yeah. great. Like yeah. you say, we've moved on from those yeah, days. We have. Some people don't seem to realise that, though. No, because if they don't get these Maori ward seats and they don't retain the independent Maori statute board, they lose the power which has been given to them by um, their ethnicity and uh, because of their forefathers. They can't get the power because they can't get a good argument going why they should be there. All right. Okay, Lee, thanks for coming on to RCR. I'll I'll listen to that uh, Rodney interview. Lee Short from Democracy Action. And just remind the listeners who are interested where the website address, where they can go to uh, get that information. DemocracyAction.org.nz Okay. Thanks so much. And um, uh, we've got about just under a month to... um, Yes, people to get their heads around that. September, yes. Yeah. Okay. Be short. Thank you for coming on. Good on you. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio.